All right, welcome back to the 420 Live remote from Fresh Pond in Cambridge, the site of Revolutionary Clinics, one of their three locations in the greater Boston area. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media, and you never know who's going to show up wearing the uniform, okay? Actually, I didn't ask her to do it, but she showed up wearing the right colors. It's Tori Chamberlain, or as she's known in the other world, Tori Strange, right? Well, formerly, yes. Formerly known as the artist that was exactly that's exactly right hello everybody uh i'm now just kind of going by my talk with well you can just call me tori and i'm just talking all the time about things and most and you're very passionate about weed i mean also you're very you're a professional i don't know if we want to share you know because of the stigma of not necessarily media but you are in you're part of the traditional news media aren't you yes that's true i do work for a news station in boston which uh on my own Twitch channel, I try to, yeah, in case this makes it to my own content, I'll keep that under wraps. But right. a um, one of the, I guess you would say, leading news stations in Boston, which um, doesn't really doesn't tackle what's going on with cannabis the way that we would all like to see in the way that PCM does. Um, and for me, cannabis has always been stigmatized a bit because have suffered with Crohn's disease. So I found that years ago as a means of medication, as a means of making myself feel better and nursing myself back to health. So then getting into a professional setting and landscape uh, corporate, if you will, um, seeing all the stigmatization that is still out there and me sort of coming from an approach of this actually helps me do my job and helps me be a better producer and creative. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited and eager to get out into spaces like this, out to the shops, into the community, and actually see what's going on and do some of this media too. Uh, and and it's, it's really kind of interesting because I know the industry would love to have more regular coverage in traditional media. And here's a perfect example of she can't just decide to go cover like what where I was at last night, Gary Payton was in town, not only to give Marcus Smart the Defensive Player of yeah. the Year award, but also to launch his new product through Hubcraft. And there was a couple hundred people at the Muriel in Post Office Square. I'd never been there before. It's a very nice place. Beautiful. I've been there. I should have gone. Um, but that's OK. Um, it, it's so true. And I was just going to say that Oh gosh, you uh, go ahead. With oh, no, but I'm going to, the experience was unbelievable. We just shared a good 12 minutes of the um, Q and A with Gary and, and some of the people that were in that crowd. A lot of social equity people uh, were in that crowd. It was a very diverse group, um, interesting makeup actually, in, in so many ways. And um, what I took out of that, and this will come as an interesting to you because you're a news producer, crying out loud. There must have been four or five multimedia journalists besides myself, you know, covering that event. And there should be more. You're right. That there's no reason that the major news stations in Boston shouldn't be there. Um, and actually, I just remembered what I was going to say. The uh, opening of the store in Framingham. True Leaf. True Leaf's new store in Framingham. Um, I actually have, you know, I saw that we had received a press release pitch from that team. And I actually went ahead and further sent it on to my news team and said, this is not a normal cannabis dispensary opening. There's this great guy, Ethan Zahn. Is that how you say his name? Wow. Ethan Zahn's there. Um, and I really tried to pitch it as like, this is not just a pot shop opening, ribbon cutting, you know? 
um, that there was a real story to it and didn't get picked up. What when you when you pitch that inside the newsroom, and this is definitely inside information, because what a lot of people don't realize is there's usually a morning meeting that goes on. Um, there's all sorts of press releases in that morning meeting and everybody discusses what they think will be the news of the day. And this this is beyond the horrible hard news that news kind of, I don't know, is driven by those. Uh, if it bleeds, it leads, Tori, right? That's exactly right. That's the standard usually. And there's such an opportunity within the cannabis industry and community itself for journalism, for stories to be told, for people to learn things. And that's quickly, quickly become my passion um, because I love storytelling. And I see, just like you do, how, how much potential there is in this whole industry, in the community. There's so many amazing people doing innovative things, so many people with incredible stories of survival, um, discoveries that they're making in the medicine field and things like that. So, uh, and it's only going to get bigger. So we're only going to need more media coverage of it. Right. And isn't it funny? Cause you know, Lord knows I spent 30 years in newsrooms. Um, you want to be the first, you know, that, that drive of being that exclusive. And I was the first one to report it, but you're also the, the last one to report it now because pro cannabis media exists and we're doing that and get in line is what I'm saying. A lot of people, but it's, it's frustrating because I know how passionate you are about it and what role it's played in your life. And Gary Payton told a great story about why he's in the cannabis space. And it had to do with his mother who had cancer. And how many stories have we heard like this? Endless, 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 endless. And I think it's kind of sad and a little bit funny and ironic that a lot of people don't want to jump on board and until it is somebody that they know or well, now that it's affected my which I can understand. But at the same time, um, I hope and think that cannabis media platforms can serve to tell those stories and share that information with those people who don't have to wait for someone in their own life to get sick before they are believing of the powers of medical cannabis or everything else it has to offer. Right. We talked about that actually earlier today about why it has to be a last resort treatment and how are we going to advance that? And I'm already, you are too, starting to see, um, Higher, uh, schools of higher education, medical schools, offering certificate courses, offering science and chemistry about the makeup of this plant. There's, it touches so many elements. And now the educational community is starting to get behind it a little bit because they know it's here to stay, folks. 37 states have it decriminalized and 18 have it legalized for adult use. So it isn't going away. It's just how are we... How is the government going to screw it up is really where we're at right now, because <laughs> Sorry. because the industry, everybody I talk to in this industry, they're saying we don't want the legalization. We want decriminalization and we want descheduling of it off schedule one, which which is horrible. It, you know, 280 E is the uh, tax code that doesn't allow businesses to write off regular expenses like this business. I can't write off regular expenses. I'm an ancillary marijuana related business. And, you know, so it, this is by far the biggest challenge to get involved with, um, especially from a media perspective, because, you know, even though I heard Keith Cooper, the CEO of Rev Clinics, was interviewed on Bloomberg Radio today. So again, another opportunity to normalize this day and explain and educate to people what it's all about. Um, Tori, 
when, when you are in those news meetings and you're trying to talk passionately about it, what do they come back at you with? What is the, what is the um, pushback on it? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I do feel when it comes to management that, um, and maybe this is my own a little bit, me being guilty of playing into the stigma as well, but I feel like when it comes to pitching the stories, I, I actually tone down the, the passion just a little bit because I, I sometimes wonder what the repercussions or just the, maybe not even repercussions, but what are my managers going to think of me and how might that affect me enjoying my time at work or what have you. Um, but I will say outside of conversations directly with the managers that pay me, um, even just today, I, you know, someone at our, oh my gosh. Good. So sorry. It's okay. Uh, Alan Miller from Boston Media says hello to you. Uh, right, of course he says hello to me. And he too was excited that Gary Payton was in town to give the award to Marcus Smart because Alan Miller, who used to be uh, Bob Lobel's producer, people, okay, is one of the greatest Celtics fans in this area. Yeah, he is. He's taught me so much about Boston sports. But the point, the reason I brought up Alan is today at work, he said happy 420 to everybody. And we started talking about the ritual of where 420 originated from, you know, which was the, the, the urban legend is the Waldos meeting after school at 420 because that was the ideal time to get out of school. And by the time you met up, 420 was a good time to spark up. But someone else at work wanted to perk up and say, well, they didn't actually sit down and drop the holiday. And I said, no, 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 that's not it. But I'm saying cannabis culture is real and has a place in modern society. And anyway, that whole conversation then sparked a discussion amongst all of us about cannabis and just how diverse it is now, how you don't just have to smoke nowadays to enjoy it or enjoy its medical benefits. Uh, it's just an incredible, ever-evolving sort of industry at this point, and I think it's really exciting, and I'm glad to see more people gaining interest. So is there going to be a 420 story on your news channel uh, today or not? I don't think there will be. I don't think there will be. I know, I know, and it, you know, and it's funny, let me tell you this. So we have a database at work, you know, of, of videos from like CNN and stories from CNN. CNN even put down today, file B-roll of 420 celebrations. So some media outlets are prepared for it and ready, but uh, mine just chose not to run with it today, I guess. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, doesn't. it just doesn't make sense. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to look at it from all perspectives and, and you know, look, You've been in newsrooms for a few years and I've been in them for decades. <laughs> here's, so here's my, yeah, it's true. And here's my thought out of those, that handful of years that I've been there is we do so many stories about, you know, a new beer that's come out or this and that, or the way that alcohol is talked about in the news and the media is very, very blase, you know, and, and there's still just such a, I remember one day we did a story of, something totally unrelated to weed, but they just found out that their guy, the suspect had a grow up in his house, you know, was growing a couple dozen plants. And that became the thing in the newsroom that everyone was talking about and making jokes about. And, you know, never mind the fact that he had just like run from the police and like whatever else he did. Oh, but these plants and he's got all these plants in his house. So that's still very much like the discussion in newsrooms. And um, I, I hope that you and I can change that.
Yeah, we're we're starting to. Tori. Is the producer of We Talk News. <laughs> I am. And that makes me so proud. It really does, because that's what I love to do. I love to mentor young people. You probably don't know this because you were working at the time, but at five o'clock yesterday, I went live and I did the first TV workshop. I'm now soliciting people to join our reporters, our correspondents. I want to teach people these skills on the gift of gab, how to say as much as possible, as few words as possible. Tori knows writing for the spoken word is not the same as writing for the printed word. Now is it, Tori? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Lots of different rules and techniques and all that. Um, but I'm, I'm so glad. I'm glad that you're getting to do that. You know, most people may not know it was a former student of yours that actually I was working with that said, you should get in contact with my past professor, Jimmy Young. I think you guys have a similar mission. And boy, he was right. He was right. And I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing. Okay. Simon, right? Sam. 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 Oh, Sam D. That's right. Sam D. Go. Sam D. I'm not going to give his whole name because it's just not fair. And, but I know he'd be pretty cool about it, too. And it was at Emerson, one yeah, of the best yeah, yeah. communication schools in the country. And you think about it. These kids are going to those communication schools so that they can get into newsrooms like you work in, like I've worked in, and they will have to deal with this stigma. They're going to have to, if they think that there's a, a reason to do the story. And by the way, don't you think if you heard a story about how a plant saves someone's life, that would be a good news story? And wouldn't more people want to see that kind of a story than... How many people got shot in the city of Boston or Chicago or New York or whatever it tends to lead the news in major cities? I totally agree. And, you know, I think the other thing that I mean, let's be real. Cable TV news is headed out the door anyway. And the reason being, and I think a huge part of that, cannabis can serve as an example, is that the the mainstream traditional media has not kept up with what the interest is of the general public and at this point you know i say this all the time why am i writing a tease telling someone to stick around for the news at six when they can pull up their phone and google that story in 30 seconds time um so unless you you have to anticipate what people want and and give it to them that way and that's what journalism is is making these stories and and finding the stories and it's unfortunate that you know, I, I think the Globe has a cannabis writer. Dan Adams is there. That is his assignment. He, unfortunately, they pulled the plug on his This Week in Weed newsletter. Oh, no. Okay. So, so. And, and, and by the way, there used to be when you went to your Globe app across the top on the dashboard, you know, it would say news, sports, metro, entertainment. And at the very end, it would have that M word. Okay. Which I don't like to use. Yeah, yeah. But it's know. marijuana. Okay. And it would be there. Guess what? It's not there anymore. It's wow. not there anymore. Wow. So you can't even find it on the dashboard. You literally have to search for it on the globe um, dashboard in the website or whatever the heck we call and these that's things. Unfortunate because I was just going to give the globe props and say, well, they're one of the ones who's trying to create and say, yeah, there, there's a place for journalism in this industry. So it's it's unfortunate to hear that that's happened, but. I, it's a sign of normalization, Tori. 
They finally accept the fact that it's here to stay and they can't figure out how to cover it anymore. Like the novelty has worn off the, the, uh, you know, they've changed the laws about those host community agreements and those 3% that you had to give. You don't have to do that anymore. You know, that that's a, you know, it's like, Oh, look, we're moving forward. So maybe, it is a sign of normalization that the globe isn't covering it to sensationalize the fact that they're selling weed legally in Massachusetts. Because now it's just a part of everyday life that we're going to cover in the news. I actually am really behind that idea. And I do like that idea because I think about when I started producing during the pandemic, you know, we had to differentiate what was a coronavirus related story and what wasn't. And eventually it just became coronavirus was so ingrained in everyday life that just it, it, there was no need to differentiate anymore. So I'd like to see the same thing. Let's have a weed pandemic, people. Let's do it. <laughs> Started at 420. That's right. And, uh, and enjoy. Um, you know, we sit here and we talk very openly about the role media plays in our world. And Tori, you did make a mention of the fact that it's changing. We're changing. The, the, you know, cable news might be going away. Everything's moving to the internet. Just remember, I was there first. Okay. Uh, cannabis media was there. Pro cannabis media had the first news operation, twenty four seven live streaming to people, which is something I'm extremely proud of that we were able to accomplish that with with really. Um, you know, some great people. Look, Dan French is my video director. He's been directing this whole thing. He directs everything out of his bedroom in Norwood, Massachusetts. I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, people are going to now stalk you. Oh, okay. gosh. Way to give his location. But you make a good point in just talking about the um, the new normal. world of weed and the new normal and sort of, you know, I think a lot of people getting into the cannabis industry and finding their way start with with teams just like ours with somebody doing stuff out of their basement and you know rev clinics i <laughs> took me 45 minutes to get here because i went to the wrong location in cambridge because i didn't know they had two they have three uh, two in cambridge though right right and the other one somerville and, or yeah, somerville yeah. on broadway but wait a second tori I know I shared the address with you in an email or a text. I'm probably, you probably did in an email now that you said, but anyway, but I, I get here and just think, I mean, to look across town and see that there's three or four revs clinics locations and to think even this, you know, started probably as a thought on a, a scribble of paper or something like that, just as pro cannabis media did. And I guess I just kind of wanted to use that as a segue to be, encouraging to anybody. I, I tend to think there's still a lot of space in the cannabis community. I think there's a lot of need for a lot of things, not more MSOs, but maybe a lot of other things. I think there's a lot of needs for the community that will need to be served and that will keep on growing and expanding. So, um, you heard that last night, a lot of talk in that community last night about, uh, with Gary Payton, about giving the opportunity to those who have been most impacted by the failed war on drugs. And it is a theme in this industry. The, the other theme in this industry is there's a lot of money to be made in this industry. So there are a lot of people who are looking to make a fast buck, if you will, right? Um, okay, they're moving furniture around and they managed to avoid my stuff, which is great, great job. All right. Um, but the point is, 
opportunity. The word is opportunity. We have a free market society. We have a capitalist society. The almighty dollar dictates a lot of policy in our world, okay? And it also dictates a lot of behavior in our world. Um, you talked about um, the fact that you can't be that passionate about this cause because they, they write your checks. Yeah, I mean, I, and it doesn't only come down to a paycheck either. I mean, it does have to do with my quality of life as well. I mean, I spend more than 40 hours a week at that place. So if I start to rub people the wrong way or push something a little too hard, it's that corporate mindset, you know? And I, I do try to, I think I told Jimmy about one day when I tried to slide in about how the NFL, a story about how the NFL had granted a million dollars to go toward uh, studying cannabinoids to see if they could help with CTE. And I just tried to slide that in as a 20 second video. And an executive came in and said, oh, I don't really I don't really like this. Let's just take it out. That's all it is. It's as simple as someone in management saying, I don't like this. Right. And that's a problem. Right. And those are the people that dictate, you know, a lot of people ask over the years, what makes news? How do you get on? How does how, what's a news story? How do I get on the news show? Get good. Getting good with a manager. Getting good with a management person. I do yeah, an executive producer, a news director, something, and the, whatever they like is what goes. Yeah, that's why I'm embracing the role of executive producer with Pro Cannabis Media now, uh, because I've done my thing, if you will, and now I've got to focus more on the business side, which is what Gary Payton talked a lot about last night. He says, "Look, I'm a businessman now." Somebody asked him, so. It, it was intimated that Gary Payton had made a lot of money in his career. And he does in comparison to many people. Okay. Being a basketball player and being an NBA hall of famer, you do, it helps. There's no doubt about it. And it, guess what? The guy was really talented. So he was actually getting compensated for his talent. What a novel approach to, to work. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no Don't they call HR people talent scouts right now? HR, right? Yeah, That's yeah, talent. Yeah. I'm looking for talent, right? Yeah. And, and what I do with my talent is not only do I train them up, but I also give them a piece of the pie because to me, this is, this is, this is what I own, my likeness. And, and the NCAA is finally coming around to it now too. Finally giving the student athletes who have been, you know, indentured servants don't give me the fact that they're getting education for nothing please okay the education that they're getting is basketball and football those are the two revenue producing sports at colleges that really put a lot of money in the coffers of private institutions in our in our world it's you know I, I went to the university of missouri and had plenty of classes with d1 athletes saw in person how it all goes down so yeah yeah i i agree they don't fail those courses, do they? No, they do not. And they don't really, they don't, well, they don't do anything and then they don't fail. So yeah. And we're talking in generalities here. This is very important. I want to make people understand that. We are talking about generalities here. And these are our uh, educated opinions about being in media. And I was also going to say, my opinions do not reflect Jimmy Young whatsoever. They're my own. Or, or her employer, as opposed to Jimmy Young. Okay. That's even more important. Thank you. <laughs> I want to make sure that's clear too, um, because right now, pretty much everybody who does contribute to our news is a volunteer correspondent because they believe in what they're doing. They believe in what we're doing and they're giving their time because they believe in 
sharing what's going on in each state. And that's why I'm looking for an army of multimedia journalists to document the end of prohibition in this country in your state. And that's why we want people to check out the TV workshop that I showed what I teach uh, on a little PowerPoint. We went through it. In fact, one of our reporters, Heather Allman from Florida, joined me at the end of the uh, little workshop or dog and pony show that I did uh, for about 30 minutes yesterday. And, you know, she shared her own experience with me and, and what we're doing here. And it was really, it was really gratifying. Well, it's gratifying to see you bringing so many people on board as well. Um, and I, again, it, it goes to that sort of what I mentioned earlier about other people kind of trying, trying to want to get in on this industry. I mean, the door is wide open. There's a lot of things for people to do, but that being said, I also do think it's important that we kind of keep the industry and community ours, um, not corporate takeover. You know, John Boehner is one of my favorite examples to use of this, of somebody who was in a federal position of power, just completely anti-cannabis, anti-everything, pro-war on drugs. And the second he got out of office, he went and, be, you know, joined the board of some Colorado cannabis company where he's making millions of dollars. Uh, Acreage Holdings is the company he's been involved with since. Oh, oh, great. I didn't I didn't even know that was the one, but I know that name very well. So makes a lot of sense. Anyway, I'm gonna, Now, let's let's talk about the MSO, because you did make a point earlier. I heard it and I, I made a big one and I, I won't step on any toes. And I, I don't as we enter this conversation, I don't want it to be a personal attack on anybody. But I think it's an issue that the community needs to discuss. Well, again, it, and it is being discussed. I know I hear a whistle too, but I, I don't think there's anything going on or anything we have to worry about. You never know. Um, that being said, multi-state operators. These are the biggies. There's one in Massachusetts that's one of the biggest in the world, Curaleaf. We've already mentioned Acreage Holdings. We mentioned Trueleaf, yep. which is now, I'm pretty sure, the biggest one. That that wheels. Okay, but you can do. Thank you. Sorry. If I wasn't live, I'd pick it up and move it to. Thank you so much. The people at Rev Clinics are so nice. But let's go back to the multi-state operators because, as you know, New Jersey opens for adult use tomorrow. Will that make the news on your channel? You think? No, no, it won't. And I'll tell you, it's already made the news on my personal Instagram because I've already talked about it. And I saw that one of the first seven license holders uh, there in New Jersey is Ascend Wellness Holdings, which has a shop right in downtown Boston on Friend Street. And I just thought and they also have stores in Illinois, maybe Colorado as well. Um, I just wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked to see that news. So now I'm going to take that. I did. I get everybody truly acreage holdings, uh, truly. Uh, Cure relief. I got I got a lot of the biggies in the air. Air 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 is another one. Aayr. So, to me, in a new industry that is so regulated and so difficult to enter, and you're really just dealing with cash. Another thing that people forget about a lot. Okay, there, there's no loans by banks for new industries in the cannabis space. They're starting to soften that up. In fact, I'm starting to get voicemails from companies that want to loan me money. Which is which is great. I'm looking for somebody to seed the company, not necessarily put myself more in debt. That's another story for another day. But I happen to think that they having the multi-state operators has really helped 
drive the movement. And it, it, you're right. Do we want those who have been most impacted by the war on drugs to have first uh, opportunity, first opportunity to get into the business? Yes, but they don't have capital. They can't go to banks. It's why you heard um, one of the guys in the, in the audience ask Gary Payton, are you going to lend money to the community that you want to support? Yeah. And, and Chris Weber is another former NBA player that is getting involved with that end of it as well. So I think they've identified now that multi-state operators have the money that you need to give um, impetus to a new industry. That's the role they play. So while they become kind of the, the bully in the room, there are still a necessary presence in the room. Now, I can appreciate that argument. I, I do think that it makes a lot of sense. And I think perhaps what then the not the problem, but a, a solution to keep things balanced going forward, in my opinion, and what I try to do through my Twitch streams and content is to just educate people about the legislation that's moving through their area. Because I think about a place like California. I lived in California and watched the transition from Prop 215 to Prop 64, from medical only to everyone 21 and up. And now even a couple years after that, I mean, California's industry looks like it's on its last legs. It's frightening. There's only large MSOs that are operating successfully. Um, so while I think you have a great point, I think the community just has a responsibility in making sure that that corporate takeover doesn't happen industry-wide. Right, and I will say there are some multi-state operators now who are creating funds for the social equity applicants. So again, you know, to get it started, you need a dollar, okay? Yeah. Or a million dollars in this case, okay? But to stay in business, you still need that ongoing flood of cash. And that's why you see so many merger and acquisitions, so many big fish eating up the little fish. Right. That's capitalism. That's how this country was built. And it's not go that's not going away, right? You're right. Um, you know, I said the same thing when people started complaining about airline tickets. I said, isn't this the capitalism that you love talking about so much? Um, so, yeah, you're totally right. That is what this country is founded on. That's the economic free market that we've got. Um, so, yeah, it's just I, I think to me, I just always like to remind the consumer that your your power is in your pocket, in your dollar. If you don't like what someone's doing, then you don't have to support them by buying their products or what have you. But that being said, I think it would, because I think what you say is a, a necessary part of having MSOs, but I think I would, it would just be nice to maybe see them try to take another initiative in addition to creating these funds and things, maybe just hire more people who are past convicts right. or, you know, someone who's been incarcerated for cannabis, make them the manager of your store something like that and have also let's expunge some of those records of people that are still behind bars for a couple of joint possessions okay yeah. how they were used uh they were profiled by a lot of law enforcement i'm going to put my earpiece back in because we're close to the top of the hour here and i and i know uh since i can talk to dan kind of through this um i want to make sure he knows that i want to introduce another one of the interviews that we have saved it's with uh nikki john and I'm not going to set it up much more than that, but I think you will enjoy listening to her, especially after the conversation Tori and I just had. And the best part is 
We're going to go away, but we're going to come back. So we're here live for 420 on 420. All right. Don't go away. We'll be back with more of 420 Live from Rev Clinics after this.